0: Hello and welcome to Circumstantial Failures. My name is Matthew, your host, and for those who are new to the podcast, we meet with various fantastic guests every week who have been kind enough to share some personal experiences that haven't quite gone according to plan, but not because of any personal shortcomings, but more to do with the circumstances around them at the time. I'm extremely grateful to be joined today by Catherine Smith. Catherine is the principal consultant at Walton Birch, a consulting firm in America which helps a wide variety of businesses with their e-commerce platforms with a particular specialism in supporting smaller businesses and solo entrepreneurs. Walton Birch can help with everything from setting up your initial web offering, driving more traffic to your site, improving your marketing strategy and everything in between. Catherine has a wealth of experience regarding some of the challenges and mistakes that can await fledgling businesses, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with her about them. So thank you so much for joining me today, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) That's great. Um, So I was first hoping to actually ask about yourself, if that's okay, and, and what made you decide to start Walton Birch?
1: That's a great question, (laughs) (laughs) and it kind of relates to the back to your theme. So things didn't go um, as planned for me in corporate America. Um, I spent about ten years kind of rising up through the ranks in corporate America, and even went back to school to get an MBA in business so that I could, you know, perform better in corporate America and and get more seniority. However, um, I got sidetracked right at the end of my career by a health issue, Um, and so I took what I thought would be a temporary break. Um, you know, from corporate America and founded Walton Birch as a way to generate revenue or income um, in the meantime. And that happened about six months before COVID happened. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely unanticipated. So it just kind of, it went sideways, but, um, COVID presented a lot of challenges uh, to me as a freelancer at the time, to me as a business, and then to corporate America as a whole. And so at some point in maybe year one, I kind of decided that maybe I'm sticking with entrepreneurship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you find, yeah, was there a big change? I mean, I guess you'd only had six months experiences before COVID, but a lot of people were trying to go online once COVID hit. So did you, you know... That must have generated some interest.
1: Well, so I actually did not start out as an e commerce consultant.
0: <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so you Here's pivoted. That's right. Yes. Good.
1: Um, yeah, so my MBA is actually in business analytics. And so um, I actually left a job in marketing research and really just thought I was going to transition into freelance marketing research. And so um, that's why the name of my business is very corporate. Um, that's why my business cards are extremely corporate and still have the, some of those references to marketing research. Um, but uh, networking is a really important part of getting your business out there, especially as a consultant. Uh, and during COVID, that really just wasn't happening. Um, so I way back at the beginning of my corporate career, I was a web designer, and so I kind of fell back on that to help local businesses in my area that didn't have websites when COVID kind of shut things down here in Georgia. Um, and so I fell back on that skill and discovered Shopify, and just that that was the pivot. It was a hard pivot. I discovered Shopify. It was amazing, and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> like, and it was just a it was a very timely decision. Uh, yeah. It was a great pivot at that point so yeah
0: because you're a you're a shopify partner do you mind explaining a little bit more about what what that entails and what people can how you can help people as a shopify partner
1: Sure. Um, so Shopify is a very easily easy platform to use. However, there's a, there's a lot of kind of setup and um, marketing, of course, with the store. So it's not like a, a marketplace platform like an Etsy or an eBay where people kind of discover you. It's more like a website. Um, and so when you build it, so part of the challenge is building the site and part of it or building the store. And part of the challenge is marketing it, running it, making updates and things like that. Um, So Shopify has a network of partners or, um, you know, developers, marketers, uh, SEO specialists, um, really anybody kind of in the marketing um, ecosystem that can help you on your Shopify site and they allow through a platform for you, for um, experts like me to access your site. So no more, hey, here's my password. Let me let you log in. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you can let one person or as many people as you need to kind of log into your platform, uh, log into your store through the platform, and support you in things like marketing and copywriting and SEO and things like that. So I joined the partner program early on, um, and it's it's been just really good. I've learned so much about Shopify and helped so many people get their stores off the ground or back into rotation so
0: yeah yeah and and it can be like quite a long-term relationship you can potentially have with people sort of building a shopify website Mm
1: -hmm. yep it's um
0: it's definitely not a set it and forget it type deal (laughs) is there a split because they can share their revenue is that right um, there are
1: opportunities for Shopify partners to get revenue from stores. So um, if I developed a theme, perhaps like a Shopify theme or like an app for the Shopify stores, I could get revenue that way. Yeah, um, Shopify partners also get revenue through, um, like starting new stores basically. So, if I build a store for you from scratch and then transfer that over to you, Shopify gives me a very small cut of that, um, per month. So, you're not paying more. Shopify yeah. is just basically giving me a it's not really a royalty, it's kind of like a commission, I guess, yeah, yeah, um, on the store. So, there's a lot of opportunities for partners to kind of generate their own revenue, and that makes it kind of um it's it's helpful or it's it's useful for everyone involved it's not just like a one-sided uh you know situation so it's it's good
0: yeah yeah because you've 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 got experience with you know from one extreme I guess is Wix which is sort of so I've done a little bit of Wix which is very much kind of like you know you stick your website together you stick it online but but the the e-commerce element isn't like in intrinsic within that design and then probably the other extreme is like um WordPress which is very like you know technical and you can I've heard you speak about WooCommerce and that sort of thing which is very sort of technical so sort of, am I right to say Shopify is like the happy medium or oh, no I'm seeing your expression you're like you I'm thinking about
1: it <laughs> I'm thinking about it. So there are so many ways. Um, So yes, along the spectrum of like, you have to be a rocket scientist to be able to manage this like WordPress and WooCommerce are kind of on the, Hey, this is going to take a lot of time and effort and energy for a person to do by themselves. Um, whereas Wix and Shopify are much easier options from that perspective. Um, however, a lot of my clients are also very budget conscious. And so if you have a very complex, um, thing that doesn't really fit neatly into a box from a website or e-commerce perspective, and you don't have a huge budget, then really WordPress is probably going to be a better option for you. Um, for me, um, Wix is better option for maybe not necessarily e-commerce, like all of the add-ons can make a Wix site pretty expensive. And so I do definitely, uh, think that Shopify is a great option for e-commerce for product-based businesses. Um, but e-commerce businesses that are not necessarily product-based, so coaches, consultants, people with digital products, um, you know, people that kind of book out their time, um, Wix might be a better option for them. So it really depends on like your time and energy effort. You know, appetite um, and your budget, and also the product that you're selling, or the information that you're capturing from customers. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's why you're the expert, and I'm <laughs> I'm on this side <laughs> of the mic. Yeah. Um, do you feel like starting an online business requires less investment than more traditional um, businesses? And what what sort of investment would you generally expect from a startup e-commerce business?
1: That's a great question. So. Um, compared to maybe a traditional brick and mortar where there's like a space where you lease or own, um, starting a business exclusively online would be probably significantly less expensive, <laughs> um, um, However, <laughs> it really depends. So generally, online businesses are less expensive than brick and mortars. But, um, you know, I think inventory also plays a big part of that. So what, what are you selling? What are you making? How long does it take you to, you know, sell or acquire or make that thing? Or do you have to pay to store it and all of these things? Um, I can't, I think, I can't remember you, the question. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what would you expect? You know, what what is kind of a... a you know when 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 you're approached by sort of entrepreneurs or small businesses what sort of budget do they sometimes has without giving any names away. <laughs>
1: yeah so budget, the budgets are really all over the place oh, um, right. so I've had solopreneurs that sell kind of small items so like if you're selling handmade soap or lotion or you know things that cost maybe in the $10 to $20 range you're obviously not going to want to spend $5,000 or $10,000 on a website mm. <laughs> um, but you know I have also worked with people who hand make products like I met a lady who makes the most beautiful handmade bags I have ever seen um and you then can like, give the... her a
0: shout out. <laughs> 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 they oh <sound> oh great. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh definitely. Uh so her name is T Nicole, like T the letter T and then Nicole. Her bags are beautiful. Um, but this is not a $10 bag. And this is also not something that she's going to make in like 24 hours. So um the product based business is really just like there from a budget perspective it really depends on yeah. what you're selling, how much of it you're selling <laughs> how long it takes you to kind of get those products or make those products as well um, and the same thing with brick and mortars Those brick and mortars do have the added bonus of having a place to store stuff however um, you know they do have uh, the, the expense of an actual building can be a pretty large expense so they're probably still not looking to spend a ton yeah. um, on a website. But uh, if you're on a platform like Shopify, and um, you're not necessarily using all of the bells and whistles, uh, you know, then I I think you can still pretty do a website at a pretty reasonable budget. So
0: yeah. Um, And I guess this is kind of the crux of uh, our discussion is what are some of the most common and expensive mistakes uh, when it comes to starting an an online or an e-commerce business? Oh man, oh. <laughs> how, how, many how, how much time do you have? I know. <laughs> how
1: much time do you have? So um, I would say, so the biggest thing that kind of, especially when it comes to Shopify, the biggest downfall that I see with people are um, not necessarily vetting their specialists very well. Um, I've seen recently a lot of people who are getting um, developers who s- try to sell them Shopify themes that are like bootleg, basically, they've been ripped off. So they're not licensed versions of the themes. They're paid themes on Shopify. Um, and that will actually get your store shut all the way down. Like you, it's a violation of the community terms. There is a zero tolerance policy. You will not get a warning. Your store will be shut down. Um and so that can be a very expensive problem, uh, depending on how long your store has been open. So, yeah, um, not really vetting the professionals that are working on your site has been one of the big mistakes that I've seen. Because, you know, then at, you're at the point where you've paid, you know, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars for a developer to install this theme, um, and then the theme turns out to be bogus. So the the actual version of the theme is also like three hundred dollars. So to fix it, you just have to go back through that process <laughs> again. And, yeah, so that's one thing. Um another thing that turns out to be expensive um is uh basically I think it's mark or running ads too early, I say. So uh, the first question that people have when I say, "Hey, your store is online. It's live. It's ready to go." They're like, "Hey, can I run ads?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: i <laughs> want lots like... of adverts like all right red... do you know when people love it when they see all the ads around yeah i want that absolutely it's literally <laughs> the first
1: question They're like all right i'm live okay hey so facebook what about <laughs> what are we doing here are we running ads how does it work
0: yeah so um oh sorry like... so they run ads on social media so not ads on the actual website
1: Oh, yeah, no, not on the web. Not the actual website. They're literally running to social
0: media to run ads Uh, or Google to run ads.
1: And I wouldn't... So it's not necessarily always a mistake, um, but it can be expensive. Um, So if you are... If you have a store that is not yet profitable, especially, you don't have a customer base yet, um, and you're running ads basically to get people to the store without, like, the right kind of expectations running into advertising and, like full disclosure, I don't actually run ads. Like When people say, hey, can you run ads? I'm like, no, let me refer you to a good friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) This is not something that I do Um, because it is so complicated and requires just bandwidth. Um, But yeah, so you can spend a lot of time and energy and money um, running ads for a brand new site that doesn't have an audience and not necessarily see a good return on investment. So those are the top two like wrong people to build out your site. And then also maybe running ads a little bit too soon or not kind of understanding or having the right expectations set when you're going into an advertising type situation. And um, the third thing is like, I think just thinking that you're gonna it's gonna get rich quick. <laughs> like I've seen so many people start, especially drop shipping and print on demand stores that just like they're just like, Oh I'm gonna do this and we're gonna make tons of money right away. Um, E-commerce, especially on uh, just standalone platforms, so not marketplace platforms, um, it takes time and consistency. uh, And people that, you know, can invest the time and consistency always see results. They will always see results. But I think a lot of people come into it thinking, hey, I'm not going to spend any money on uh, inventory. I'm not going to spend any money on, you know, like actual product or anything like that. And I'm just going to make this million dollars in product right away. And and, and it doesn't happen that way. And I think a lot of people are really disappointed. So,
0: yeah. <clears throat> and I've heard you sort of say how some people also like build a really expensive website and sort of develop a really sophisticated e-commerce platform and then just sort of sit back and, and kind of wait for, you know, them to be discovered. So quite passive.
1: Right. The websites are not a, um, set it and forget it situation. So, um, like again, on marketplace platforms, like you have that kind of element of discovery, like you can set up a store and at some point, if you have the right keywords, someone will discover your product. Um, and this is not true for standalone websites. Um, and so I think that's a lot of the, you know, a lot of people just really don't understand that. And a lot of people honestly don't know what to do about that. They're like, okay, how do I fix that problem? Do I run ads <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. do
1: i do s e o like How do I blog? Am I on social media like what's the solution to this? Um, And because we're very busy people who are running businesses, um, a lot of that extra work doesn't get done, and so you don't see the results that you really want to see in running a store. And so that's where I come in, quite honestly. So, a lot of what I do for existing stores specifically is answer the question like, "Hey, nobody's coming to my website, or people are coming to my website, but they're not buying anything. Like, what can I do about that?" Um, So that's why I am not just a web developer or a web designer. I'm an e-commerce consultant because part of the problem once you build a store is getting people to visit the store and to buy things and so we specialize in those things as well
0: yeah I've heard you talk about you the way that you collate sort of the details of people that have sort of interacted with you maybe on a previous site like on Etsy and then kind of gathering that information so you can sort of mouth shot them or you know get, get in touch with those people and say hey you know I've got a, a new store I've got some new products and that sort of thing
1: Absolutely. Uh that's one of the biggest challenges of getting off the off of the platforms is is like how do I bring those customers with me? Cuz you can actually export all of your products. So your products are coming with you. You don't have to worry about those. You can actually export all of the orders too. So you can bring your orders and your customers and your products over to like a Shopify from an Etsy or from another uh, marketplace, but you can't bring like their email addresses. So Etsy does not allow you to export like email addresses. And so it's up to you to figure out how to communicate to them, to let them know that you've moved uh, basically. And so like, even when people transition when they migrate their stores from etsy to shopify i say like don't really do all of it right away you know maybe put like a flyer in the box or you know let people know that you've moved somehow because you're starting from scratch and unless people just you know search for you online uh and find you in like a a, you know a search engine results there you're kind of in this vacuum for a while and that can be difficult for you know people who are coming from a place where they're they have inherent discovery
0: yeah 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 um And so I guess this is the million dollar question is um, what sort of products and services work best uh, when it comes to e-commerce?
1: Honestly, is it drop I have seen. Oh, it's not dropshipping.
0: <laughs>
1: Pro tip: It's not dropshipping. I mean, it might be dropshipping. I'm I'm sure there's a good way to do dropshipping, but it takes a lot of time and energy and effort. Like anything with quick in it, <laughs> quick is not the is not the phrase that we're working with here. So it it really just does take time. And I do think that even with drop shipping, you can provide a good experience, but you have to, like, there are lots of steps you have to take to provide a good experience. And so I wouldn't say that um, there's one type of, like, product or even, like, a, a store structure kind of like that that is, like, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've seen everything. I have seen um, soaps and lotions. I've seen um, artwork, um, digital downloads, um, I'm trying to think of the strangest thing. <laughs> Lots of t-shirts, so many t-shirts, oh, uh, supplements, right. like, so, like supplements, like <laughs> so many things. I'm trying to think of like the most interesting thing I've seen so far.
0: But, but there isn't necessarily like a, you know, like a, a, a silver bullet, you know, sort of solution to to it. To, yeah, it's generally the old fashioned, you know, hard work and
1: yeah, I mean, and you know, hard work looks a little different than it did when you hard work meant you had to like go out into a field and like pull plants and spend hope, like, you know, yeah. work on fields and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not backbreaking work, but it is intense work. It is time consuming work. Um, it is work that requires skill. Um And so, you know, like, like I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, uh, you know, some people are like, they say, how much money do you need to start a business? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, you need $30,000, Um, but you're, you're going to need some money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's either you either need money or you need time and energy and skill. Um, There are things that you can do yourself to kind of offset some of the costs of starting a business, but then it becomes like more than a full-time business. And I have experienced that firsthand. Um, But that doesn't mean you can't be successful. So part of what I want to do now, and part of the reason why I've stayed in this e-commerce space is because so many of the people that I work with feel like they don't have options when it comes to hiring expert support to for marketing their business. And so I want to be that expert support. You know, I know that people with a lot more money and with a lot more resources have a lot more options. Like I felt like when I started in business, I didn't have a lot of options and now I want to be one of the options for other people that are in that same spot. So,
0: yeah, that's really cool. That's really yeah. good. Um, And I guess so my next question is, have you ever sort of said to somebody, look, I don't think this is for you. I don't think you should start your e-commerce business or your idea that whatever it is.
1: Um, not just like flat out no. <laughs> uh, but uh when I work with people who do drop shipping and print on demand, like there's a disclaimer every time because part of the reason why I do what I do is so that people can be successful. And so I don't want someone to get far down the road and have invested a lot of time and energy and money and just only to say like this is not going to work for me. I'm not going to be able to make a income level amount of revenue on this, you know, like after they've spent thousands of dollars. So I'm very clear and upfront there. So I'm not going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say like, hey, the odds are kind of stacked against you. Also, this is a very low margin product, like just from a strictly business perspective, I understand that you're not investing into it, but like you're also not getting a lot out of it for that same reason. So you have to kind of level set your expectations. So short answer, I wouldn't never say no um long answer I'm definitely going to give you a lot of disclaimers based on on what I've seen with um other businesses and so not just like drop shipping and print on demand but um also people who are um new to business and new to entrepreneurship. So um, like if you don't have, I guess, like at least a little bit of kind of business literacy, like I'm definitely going to recommend some resources for you to kind of understand what types of things to look at. Like how do you understand what a margin is or what your margins need to be? Like what types of things can be outsourced? Like fulfillment. Fulfillment actually can be outsourced relatively um, uh, affordably. You know, like how can you improve margins for an e-commerce? store. And I know that's not really marketing, um, but it is something important. So for people that don't have a lot of kind of literacy when it comes to business and business operations, I definitely recommend resources for them as well. So no, not a no, (laughs) just a, hey, if we're going to continue down this line, you may want to pick up some knowledge about these things.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, you, you, you sort of touched upon, I guess, the next question, which was outside of the business model, are there sort of people from particular circumstances or backgrounds or, you know, that you might sort of say, look, in your situation, while you have a good idea and I can see you'd work hard at it, you know, where you're currently sort of coming from, your background or your circumstances, that it may not lend itself to a to a successful e-commerce platform or, or a business in general? Right.
1: So right. <laughs> so that th- this is another one of those, it depends. Um, so I work with people who have like full-time jobs or like other things that they do during the day. Um, and so e-commerce or e- selling a product specifically is very much a side hustle for them. Um, and so like, they literally kind of want to set it and forget it. And for them, when they say, Hey, I want to build the store. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I know it's not even, it's not going to be even a part-time thing for them it's really just a nights and weekends and evenings thing for them and especially if they're selling a very like low-cost product so if they're selling something that costs less than maybe like thirty dollars or the average order value is less than maybe forty dollars um being on a platform like shopify where um you pay like a monthly subscription and then um if you're not doing like a pretty high volume because you can only do like one or two orders a day it's probably going to be overkill like that's probably one a, a marketplace platform platform is a good option yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's that's when I would say like hey this might be overkill and <laughs> for people that don't have products so like if you have um downloads, digital downloads, or you're selling a service, like I definitely think that sometimes Shopify is overkill for that. So it's like, hey, if you have a service and it's not a product, I don't necessarily think that a Shopify store is going to be the best option for you. I mean, there are some benefits to that, but if you don't need to, you know, like there are better platforms, subscription platforms for that. So um, again, not a no, (laughs) just a, hey, this is not, maybe not the right fit for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you say, you know, is is service based sort of e commerce is that generally kind of uh, more profitable or more successful than a than a product based um, e commerce business? I mean, are they are they more challenging? I guess. Product based service um e-commerce businesses.
1: So I mean it can be. So services generally tend to cost more than products, depending on the product, of course. Mm. Um and there's less overhead for delivering a service. Um, but there are services that are expensive. <laughs> like so uh and it really just, you know, it's balancing the margins in any business that you're in, you have to kind of look at the margins. Yeah. Um but for a service-based business, it can be a lot easier to kind of get started if you are the one performing that service, obviously. Um, But the problem with service-based businesses that product-based businesses don't tend to have is scale. So like right now, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <and my business. laughs> like, I just hired somebody, but like I am my business. And so I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, okay, this is really great. I would love to, um, you know, make more recurring revenue, but I also don't want to charge my clients. Like I just don't want to mark everything up for them just so I can make some more money, but like mm-hmm. I can't serve more of them. So like it kind of puts a plateau where I am until I can develop more resources in my business. So I think that's a challenge that a service-based business has that a product based business can overcome a little bit more easily easily because you can outsource sort of... fulfillment for that right yeah right, and right. you can just or have or make a web make house full of... and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly all yeah. oh, right exactly cool. um so yeah so that that's the challenge there uh, but generally from an upstart perspective from a hey how can i get to a point of profitability i think it would be a little bit easier for service-based businesses yeah. um, to do that because you know they can sell services that are a little bit more expensive than the average product and yeah, like yeah. one order probably represents more revenue
0: yeah, no, that's really interesting. And and my final question, um, what do you, this is really tricky to answer, I'm sure, but what do you feel is the most important aspect to a successful business? The person in charge, the product or service they're providing, or the level of business competition that they're going into?
1: Oh, how is that an either or question?
0: <laughs> <It's>, I know, <laughs> there's three elements, so there's no way it could be any-
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I got, I got it. The answer is...
1: Correct. It is all of those things. It is definitely all of those things. I have seen some great products that have been, um, that have faltered because the the business owner either didn't have the time to devote to the business or the business knowledge on how to like be profitable in that business, you know? Um, So, and I've, you know, seen uh, people who are really hardworking and earnest, you know, have like a terrible product, like, A dropship product. (laughs) I just like. I'm just like. Oh man, you work so hard on this, and this product is terrible. Like you're, and you're relying on someone else for your fulfillment. So like, that's where you hand off part of your customer experience, and it's dangerous. So like, definitely. And the competition. So there's competition just about everywhere. Um, I think of those three that you offered. If you, if I had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I think so it low competition makes everything a little bit easier. But here, especially in this place that we are now, there's not a whole lot of industries or products or areas or niches or anything where you're not going to have. Um competition, especially if you discover something that works. So as soon yeah. as you discover something that works, there's going to be 50 people running for you, um, you know, to kind of uh, to copy that. But I think if you can provide a really good experience for your customers and efficiently, effectively, um, you know, um, fulfill those orders or fulfill, you know, like the the the, the offering, I guess. Yeah. Um, then low competition will just like that that that's the that's the biggest uh kind of predictor of success so if you have low competition it's less important whether the product and the people are good up front if that yeah 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 yeah. so So if i had to pick one if i had to to, (laughs) don't don't like hold me to it i very much all three of those things but if i had to pick one of them like if i had to say hey do you want to be really good at this. Do you want a really good product or you want low competition? I'm
0: going low competition yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, thank you so, <laughs> so much, Catherine, for your time today. If anyone wants to get in touch, if anyone wants to improve their their marketplace presence or, any, or if they just want to start up a, an e-commerce business right from scratch, please get in touch with Catherine. You can, you can contact her at waltonbirch.com and she and her team will be very, very happy to help you. So thank you so much for your time today, Catherine. Thank you. <laughs>